Greetings, friends. Good morning, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website is scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well, this morning we are looking to start our week as usual with some wisdom and some encouragement from the Psalms and from the Proverbs. We're looking at Psalm 65 today, a Psalm of David. And then we're looking at Ecclesiastes chapter 8. And uh, so really, one of the themes I think that we'll notice today is just God's divine providence. Providence over the world, providence over our salvation, all of these ideas. And the psalm is going to start off pretty quickly uh, by pointing out that it wasn't really us who chose God, but the other way around. It won't be a very long broadcast this morning. Uh, Psalm 65 is fairly short, uh, but I pray in the powerful name of Jesus that you'll be blessed and strengthened uh, this morning and that it'll kind of give you what you need to begin this week. So with that backdrop, let's have a look. Psalm 65, King James Bible. It's a Psalm of David. Verse 1. Praise waiteth for thee, O God, in Sion, and unto thee shall the vow be performed. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. Iniquities prevail against me. As for our transgressions, thou shalt purge them away. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest, and causes to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. By terrible things and righteousness will thou answer us. O God of our salvation, who art the confidence of all the ends of the earth, and of them that are afar off upon the sea? which by his strength set us fast the mountains, being girded with power, which stealeth the noise of the seas and the noise of their waves and the tumult of the people. They also that dwell in the uttermost parts are afraid at thy tokens. Thou makest the outgoings of the morning and evening to rejoice. Thou visitest the earth and waterest it, Thou greatly enrichest it with the river of God, which is full of water. Thou preparest them corn, which thou hast provided for it. Thou waterest the ridges thereof abundantly. Thou settlest the furrows thereof. Thou makest it soft with the showers. Thou blessed the springing thereof. Thou crownest the year with thy goodness, and thy paths drop fatness. They drop upon the pastures of the wilderness, and the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered over with corn. They shout for joy. They also sing. All right, so that's Psalm 65. And like I said, the theme really 
is, well, there's a couple themes, but the, the theme that's jumping out to me this morning is just, again, uh, the sovereignty of God. And let's start with, well, let's start with verse 3. Well, let's start with verse 2. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall come all flesh. David's pointing out, God hears prayer. Sometimes we wonder, what am I doing? Am I just talking to the ceiling? No, God hears prayer. And then he goes on in verse 4, Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causes to approach unto thee, that we may dwell in thy courts, that we shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. David has said, blessed is that man whom God chooses and causes that man to approach him. So, it's this idea that God chose you and caused you to come to him. He drew you to himself. You didn't choose God. God chose you. Therefore, you can't be arrogant and boast and you, when, <laughs> when the day comes and you enter the kingdom of heaven, you won't be able to say, man, I'm glad I made that decision, right? The only thing you'll be able to say is God showed me mercy that I did not deserve. God showed me mercy that I did not deserve. That's why I'm here in eternity. That's why I'm here in eternity. And see, that's why I say we obey God out of our love for God. Because he saved us when we didn't deserve it. We don't do the works to earn the salvation. We do the works because of salvation. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causes to approach thee. Jesus says something similar. If you go to the Gospel of John... Jesus said in chapter 6 verse 44 Jesus says no man come to me except the father which has sent me draw him and I will raise him up at the last day so you say Jesus is saying okay I'm the way but no man's coming to me unless God draws him to me and then I'm going to raise him up on the last day. That's the great promise. That's the blessed hope is that you will be resurrected no matter what happens on this earth. No matter how it seems like the evil continues to get away with their evil. You're going to be raised on the last day. The Apostle Paul, he also goes along with this way of thinking. I'll give you just two verses. Ephesians 1, 4. He says, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So according to Paul, you were a thought in God's mind and chosen to be his child at this very time in human history before the foundation of the earth. In 2 Thessalonians, Paul says, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth this should be humbling to us all you say why me and not my neighbor down the street I don't know but it's not because you did anything special 
And anything good that we do after salvation is the Spirit working through us. I'm doing this podcast. This is God working through me, not Sean making some great noble decisions, right? God gives me a blessing and an anointing to do the podcast. It's not within myself and he could take it away. And so we can't be arrogant. Scriptures say that God prepared our works for us in advance to do these things. So at the end of the day, we give all praise to God. And there's no room to boast at all. There's no room for us to boast. And like I said, when we get there, on that day when Jesus raises us from the dead, the only thing we'll be able to do is to praise Him and thank Him for showing undeserved mercy to us. It's a very humbling thought. Let's read Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and finish our podcast for this morning. Let's begin. Verse 1. Who is as the wise man? And who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine, and the boldness of his face shall be changed. I counsel thee to keep the king's commandment, and that in regard of the oath of God, be not hasty to go out of his sight. Stand not in the evil thing, for he doeth whatever pleases him. Where the word of the king is, there is power, and who may say unto him, What doest thou? Whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing, and a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. Because to every purpose there is a time and judgment. Therefore the misery of man is great upon him. For he knoweth not that which shall be, for who can tell him when it shall be? There is no man that hath power over the spirit to retain the spirit, neither hath, the, neither hath he power in the day of death. And there is no discharge that war, neither shall wickedness deliver those that are given to it. Please note that's a loaded statement. And it goes along with kind of what we've talked about. He's, he's saying that no man hath power over the spirit. And you have no power over it on, at the day of death, right? Either you're saved by the shed blood of Christ and you'll be raised from the dead by him. Right? Because you have no power to do it yourself. That's what, this is what he's saying. Neither shall wickedness deliver those who are given over to it, right? Like, again, we talk about these people because it's so prevalent in the world today and it's so obvious who the devils are. And we look at them and they're like, we continue, they just continue to get away with it. They just continue to get away with it. They have no power when that body dies. What are they going to do? They're going to say, don't you know who I am? To God. Can they pull themselves out of the lake of fire? Can they somehow climb out of the depths of hell? And cross the great chasm into heaven? 
they think they're so powerful. They're, they're nothing. We're like ants. What can we do? Blessed are those who trust in God's mercy. Verse 9, All this I have seen and applied to my heart unto every work that is done under the sun. There is a time wherein one man ruleth over another to his own hurt. And so I saw the wicked buried who had come and gone from the place of the holy and they were forgotten in the city where they had done so. This is vanity. He's saying, well, it doesn't matter. They've, they've, they're buried and dead. Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. Therefore, the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Hmm. This is loaded also. In other words, we look at these people and we're like, do they have any conscience? Do they really think there's no, there's, no, there's not going to be repercussions for the rape and the murder and the pillaging? And you see, they do their rape, murder, and pillage, and then no consequences seems to come about. So though the evil wickedness just grows in them because they're like, hey, I get away with this. This feels good. I'm going to keep doing it. Solomon's saying, because the sentencing against an evil work is not executed speedily, in other words, it doesn't happen now, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Verse 12, though a sinner do evil a hundred times, and his day be prolonged, yet surely I know that it shall be well with them that fear God, which fear before him. But it shall not be well with the wicked. Neither shall he prolong his days, which are in a, which, which are as a shadow, because he feareth not God. Solomon's saying, okay, so the sinner, in other words, the one who doesn't know God, they do all this evil, they seem to get away with it, they seem to have a prolonged life. But, Solomon says, I know that in the end, it's going to be well with those who fear God, and not so much with those who don't fear God. We have to stop looking at everything through the eyes of the natural world. And I know it's very difficult and I'm certainly struggling and I need to look in the mirror and say these things. It's hard to wrap our minds around that this is just a blip, this is just a shadow, this is just a vapor, and that our real eternal lives will begin after this. And it goes on forever. But it's hard to think, oh, I'm storing up treasures in heaven. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with all of this, but it's all going to shake out for eternity. And it's hard to think that way. But that's certainly the case. We're almost done here. There is a vanity which is done upon the earth, that there be just men unto whom it happeneth according to the work of the wicked. Again, there be wicked men to whom it happened according to the work of the righteous. I said that this is also vanity. What's Solomon saying here in verse 14? He's saying, Sometimes the wicked get the rewards of the righteous in this life, and the righteous get the rewards of the wicked in this life, and it's all worthless. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what he just said. Sometimes, you know, in this life, sometimes people don't get what they deserve. And sometimes even the righteous get what they don't deserve. And this is just the way it is. 
Verse 15, Then I commended mirth, because a man hath no better thing under the sun than to eat and to drink and to be merry. For that shall abide with him of his labor the days of his life, which God giveth him under the sun. When I applied my heart to know wisdom, and to see the business that is done upon the earth, for also there is that, neither day nor night sleep, saith sleep with his eyes. Then I beheld all the work of God, that a man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun, because though a man labor to seek it out, yet he shall not find it, yet further, though a wise man think to know it, yet shall he not be able to, to find it. My friends, that is the end of our study for this morning. Pray in the powerful name of Jesus that you've been blessed and strengthened. Remember, God came for you. And you can rest in knowing that. Jesus says, no man, no one can pluck you out of my hand. If God chose you, he's going to complete it. The scriptures say he will finish it bring it to completion. He who began a good work in you will finish the work. You think God's put all this time into you over these years just to say, eh, you know what, forget about it. No, he's going to bring it to completion. Rest in understanding that. Rest in knowing that God started a good work and he is not going to just cast it to the side. He will finish it. He began molding you like a potter molding a clay pot. When it's done, it'll be done. <laughs> Sometimes you got to beat the lump out of that stuff. So rest in it. You can believe that God is not done with you yet if you are still alive in this world. Thanks for listening, friends. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.